you're the one who knows everything, so you really gotta. I got Mark nothing. Mark Hamill and his balls said, "You don't know. You don't know how this will go." <laughs> you know, what? let's put this conversation on ice and start the podcast. You're real proud of that one. I'm very proud. <laughs> you know, they say a mind is a terrible thing to waste. But what would happen if one man filled another's with the scariest films of all time? <laughs> Who are you talking to? <clears throat> no, nothing. Ready to watch some movies? Aw, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Matt Makes Zach Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Zach. And I made him watch a horror movie. I think that was the first time we didn't break eye contact the whole thing. Hold it. Maintain, Zach. Maintain. Maintain the eye contact and tell me, what did we watch this week? We watched Creep Show. This is getting weird. <laughs> this is scarier in the movie. Because it's not like, just like, eye contact is like, we're it's pointing intense. and Creep Show, man. We have a, a new setup in the studio now, and we're more directly across from each other. <laughs> yeah. So, because before we were like diagonal from each other, and now we're directly facing each other. We're really getting into behind the scenes on the pod today. <laughs> right off the top, we watch yep, Creep yep. Show. <laughs> yes, uh, written by Stephen King, directed by legendary George Romero. I love that guy. Yeah. As uh or I'm sorry, his name is George A. Romero, and as Quentin Tarantino once said, the A stands for absolute fucking genius. <laughs> Bringing back the Yes. Yes, that's just for you. Tarantino <laughs> I <segment>. did it. <laughs> Bring him back strong. <laughs> yes, we watched Creep Show. So Zach, I really love this movie and I'm really afraid. What'd you think? Well Matt. Let me take a sip of my tea real quick. I fucking loved it. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) There are a handful of movies that when I show them to you, I'm like, if he doesn't like this, I don't know what we're gonna do. (laughs) It's it's only been Blair Witch and the two that like I started like when we started the episode, I was just like lukewarm on them. Was Jaws and Alien. But then by the end of the episode, it's like, yeah, 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 I can see it. Yeah, everything sticks. You can see that yeah. now. <laughs> I got dick vision. <laughs> Explains a lot about our last episode. <laughs> we both have dick vision. <laughs> oh. What about our last episode? Because we saw Mark Hamill's dick. <laughs> no, we saw his twin sons. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> His twin sons in the moon of Endor. I want to send our body bags episode yes, for that. Please tidbit. go back. It's a narrative podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Kusho is cool. I liked it. So, just uh, here at the top, um, how familiar are you with, I think, what's the main in- source of inspiration for this movie? Um, old EC comics like Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Vault no idea nothing other than it's now clicking with me that in the video game series fallout there's like tales of comic books yeah so i didn't know it was a thing pretty much oh they're really good uh they hold up surprisingly well for books from like the 50s and 60s 
Um, they got pretty heavily banned. Were, were they like... The level of violence in this movie was in those children's books. So... <laughs> Yeah, so when like the Comics Code Authority formed, they were like, you guys? No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then EC Comics, that unfortunately had to pretty much fold, only kept one thing going, Mad Magazine. <laughs> oh. Which just, I believe, last year ended. It ended? It's a bummer. Yeah, they canceled it. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's heartbreaking. Alfred E. Newman is gone. Oh. Yeah, no, uh, started off as educational comics. Mm. Then uh, when uh, the owner's son took over, he realized nobody cared about adapting old books into comics. It was like, what about horror books? (laughs) I like horror and sci-fi. So you got Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Vault, Weird Science, and they all had the fun horror hosts. Like in this movie, they have the Creeper. Mm. So, yeah. Cool. It uh, led directly to this. Stephen King and George Romero were like the right age to be like, oh, man. Like, do you remember those? Like, they met up at some like hmm. early version of like a horror con, and we're like, "Oh, I really love your work. I love your work." And we're just like, "Your work always reminded me of like uh, of Tales from the Crypt. Yours too." <laughs> and then they're like, "We should make a movie." That's amazing. Yeah, just like being horror bros. Yeah. <laughs> Except I didn't know anything about. Them. Right. <laughs> now it can be like john carpenter yes <laughs> yes but yeah i i mean you're the one with the comic book knowledge so it makes sense that you know yeah <laughs> worth a read if you enjoyed this movie this movie draws a ton from it visually right down to like i mean the way the panels appear behind people for yeah. dramatic effect i love it yeah and all the um the transitions between the drawings and the footage yeah actually i didn't know about this but one of my first ads that I made at my job was something like that. Oh, like it was awesome. an illustration that turned in the video. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's cool. Especially like, cause for me it was like super easy dude with after effects and stuff. But I can't right. imagine like doing it back then. I have no idea. Especially yeah. cause they get it so like perfect. It's literally perfect. Like they must've just like taken stills from the movie and traced yeah. them, I guess. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. It was cool. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy it. so i think we had um we've had a lot of trouble summarizing the movies Mm -hmm. perhaps this episode because i love this movie and i want to get to talking about it i'll let it slide because it's very hard to do i I, I was confident about this one oh okay if you got the summary man go for it all right this is my segment okay okay i'm sorry you come with the research i prepare for this Normally you seem so like pained about it. I never know. <laughs> I mean, that's, the, that's what's fun about it. That's that's for the. No, that's mostly for you the can listeners. Cut that out. That's, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm ready whenever you are. And now it's time for America's new favorite segment: summarize that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget how the killer clowns goes. <laughs> yeah, that that'll be the little jingle. There you go. Alright. You gotta tell me when. <laughs> I'm ready. Alright. And go. The movie starts off. Bam, it's my childhood. Not being allowed to like cool things and your dad throwing your stuff away. That was me. 
I didn't get to enjoy anything. <laughs> but uh oh, <laughs> there's a creepy guy outside the kid's window. And that didn't happen in my childhood, thankfully. <laughs> but this spooky ghost specter is like, comic books are cool. And he got the comic book back. We are going inside the comic for all these tales. First, we got a fancy family when daddy just wants some cake. He got his cake in the end. Bam, next one. Stephen King touches a meteor, turns into Swamp Thing. Uh-oh. Bam, <laughs> next one. Ted Dancy and Leslie Nielsen, they have a beach day. Uh-oh. They turn into Swamp Thing, too, and they die, too. Uh, bam, next one. Uh-oh. Two bros get a bad loot crate. Micro <laughs> and it was a, it was a bad one. Microtransactions are the worst. Bam! Next one, we go to the lair of a super villain who doesn't like cockroaches. Bam! Cockroaches eat them, and uh, that's and then it cuts to me and Matt looking at comics and ends. We're garbage men now. <laughs> yep. The end. And time. Shortest one yet. One minute, 18 seconds. I'm thoroughly impressed, sir. (laughs) This one, I was like, oh, these are, I got like short These are all like exactly the right length. Mm -hmm. They're all exactly as long as they need to be. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, they know what they are. They didn't drag on. Nothing overstays its welcome. Yeah. I think honestly, like the spiritual successor to this movie really is Trick or Treat. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yes. The fastest one. Yep. Compared to Trick or Treat, which I just wanted to talk about Trick or Treat. So that's why that one was so long. <laughs> All right. But should we uh, jump on into the movie here? Yes. All right. So, as you said, our movie opens with My a job. mean dad. <laughs> I mean, like, that's literally why I haven't seen any horror movies or anything like growing up. No horror movies, no Pokemon, no uh, Harry Potter. So like the second this started, <laughs> second of this started, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is why I'm enjoying all these things now. Oh, relatable. <laughs> yeah, no, he sucks, and so he takes his son's comic books. It's real upsetting. Mm-hmm. It's very mean about it. The son, as you you noted when we brought up the cast list photos right now. Why did he grow up to look so much like Stephen King? That is Stephen King's son, celebrated author Joe Hill, author of such books as Horns, Nosferatu, which is now a show, and uh, Lock and Key, which just launched on Netflix. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's he's a... I actually like him as a writer more than I like Stephen King. (laughs) When I pulled up the cast list, I was like, Matt, why is there a Stephen King adjacent? (laughs) Yeah, he just just changed his last name for, like, his author name so that he would wouldn't be uh like riding his dad's yeah. coattails he wanted to like make it on his own that's cool like he wouldn't tell people that that was his dad that's cool I can until he that. published like two books yeah also i like to think that he was just smart and was like i cannot let my name be joe king <laughs> <laughs> damn <laughs> too bad he didn't want to be a comedian because right? that would have been great <laughs> <laughs> or a batman villain <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's the third Joker. <gasps> Society. <laughs> I mean, I did see a video of him dancing downstairs to an interview once, but I didn't think anything of it. Let's not go down this rabbit hole. 
Yeah, but we open up in our uh, first segment after they zoom in on the comic book mm-hmm. after the awesome creature puppet effect that is the creeper. Yes. Which I thought this was for whatever reason i thought tales from the crypt and creep show the same thing so i was like well, where's the matt guy doing the voice i did because i've begun watching uh the creep show tv show that's on shutter mm-hmm. now i think the crypt keeper ripped off the creeper from this the crypt keeper mm-hmm. exists in the tales from the crypt comics mm-hmm. but he's just a dude creep show comes out revives interest in the property and all those old comics and has a skeleton person so then when they bring tales from the crypt back as a tv show it's hosted by a skeleton person <laughs> the snake funny, eats its own tail <laughs> funny enough this show also hosted by a skeleton person <laughs> me <laughs> i don't have a voice for you though that's all you oh all right (laughs) see top of show (laughs) (laughs) yeah but father's day uh this is probably my favorite segment in the movie the second it started with the family i just got like haunted mansion vibes i don't know why i I don't know if you see it but uh knives out that's what it makes me think Mm. of now just terrible rich family and murder (laughs) so also uh arrested development (laughs) No, Arrested Development, they're not total monsters. <laughs> they don't murder anyone. <laughs> All right, everyone but Job doesn't murder anyone. <laughs> okay, everyone but Job and Buster don't murder anyone. <laughs> it's the it's blues, both British accents. There you go. <laughs> I, lo- I love the uh, brother. It was just like down in wine drunk. bottle <laughs> being sassy. I love that Oscar winner Ed Harris is in this movie. Why is he? Oh, is that name sound familiar? Uh, well, maybe you'll recognize him as he looks now. Ed Harris, he's in films like A History of Violence, for which he won an Oscar, and um, Pollock about the painter. Um, everything you're saying, the means hours, nothing to me. <laughs> He's in The Rock. He's the bad guy in a bunch of Michael Bay movies. He's a very talented character actor. <laughs> As with he's most great. things, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, at the time, though, he wasn't super famous yet, which is like one of the fun things about this movie. He's uh, the husband who does cool match tricks. But at this point, he was just a dude who was like, oh, I was in a George Romero movie before this where um, I got shirtless and fought Tom Savini with swords. <laughs> Because George Romero movies are awesome. He was in the Truman Show, man. I never saw the Truman Show. Oh, Matt. How dare you? You didn't see the movie he won an Oscar (laughs) for, Bring It Down a Notch. History of Violence is the best Cronenberg movie. So the only movie that I would recognize him from, which that doesn't make any sense, because of course I've... Because I said... I've only seen the movie that I recognized him from. Yes. But that's a given. (laughs) Whatever, All right. on. You know what movie we saw though? Creep show. <laughs> no, he's great in it. I love his disco dancing. But yeah, we find out that uh Aunt Bedelia murdered her emotionally and more than likely physically abusive father uh-huh. after he killed her boyfriend. Daddy wanted some cake. Yeah, he just wants his cake, so mm-hmm. she beats him to death. <laughs> she didn't want to make that cake. Yeah. <laughs> But it's got one of the best payoffs just because the whole time as he's killing people, he's just going, I want my Father's Day cake. 
and then, then at the end, it. yeah, it's just a severed head with frosting and candles on it. I like how he I was love killing people like out on my cake, and then at the end. When the brother and sister find him and he has the cake, he's like, look, I got a cake. Yeah. Hey, it worked out for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> and we see the first, like, background. Yeah. Like, every single time someone gets scared, it does that. And it's so cool. And the lighting is, like, yeah. awesome. It looks like, like an old AC comic yeah. from that period with all the, like, reds or blues. Yeah. It's Those like, are the only colors you've got. It's, like, a perfect... <laughs> translation yeah rather than something gimmicky like trying to replicate a comic book like it was like perfect what it was doing reminds me of um what like sin city did mm-hmm. where it's like oh we want to pull these panels like visually like it's the equivalent of like pulling like a script word for word we're visually gonna pull word for word yeah um i think this does it better and i think it's a better movie but i haven't uh, seen sin city it's enjoyable if you like frank miller He's not for everyone. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez co-directed it, so it oh. looks cool. <laughs> well, yeah. There you go. <laughs> this is better, though. So. <laughs> and a horror movie. <laughs> but yeah, that's my favorite segment. I just love how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Like, all the other ones play out, like, pretty straightforward, and this one is like, no, we're just going to crank it up to 11 right off the bat. I, which one was my favorite? I think the... Uh... Oh, God, what was the third one? Oh, yeah. I think my favorite was the one with the crate. Oh, the crate? The yeah. crate's good. I like that one. Like, that was the one I was the most engaged in. Yeah. Because it was just like, what? Like, he kept taking left turns rather than, like, being a, like, oh, I saw that coming. It was just like, oh, I really okay. like the crate. <laughs> I really like the performances in it, especially Adrian Barbeau, who plays the mean wife. Mm-hmm. But it does fall into one of my least favorite tropes which is man women are bitches Uh, i'm always like ah she could be like a character yeah (laughs) yeah but but adrian barbeau is also so good at it yeah so she's great one of my favorite character actresses and at the time married to john carpenter yeah yeah horror bros (laughs) (laughs) why wasn't he in this movie right there should have been room for a, a jaunty coroner. <laughs> what if that's all John Carpenter can play and that's why he can't be in any other movies? <laughs> well, I guess we just have to go make a movie then. He's a jaunty coroner. John, get at us. I will make this happen. <laughs> I got a camera. We can make it happen. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know what else needs John Carpenter? The rest of this movie. The next segment. The next segment is about Jordy Vero, played by Stephen King, <laughs> who is not as good of an actor as John Carpenter, but maybe more entertaining. He's a good comedy actor. Yeah, he's really funny. He yeah. like I as we were watching it, I pointed out like he really knows how to laugh at himself. Uh-huh. And that's kind of refreshing. Yeah. Like, he was like, yeah, I'll look like an idiot. That'll be funny. Yeah. Oh, I'm like this, like, well thought of writer. No, I'll play a dumbass. Like, <laughs> I will say this is the only one that I, like, just completely zoned out. Because it was just like. Nothing really happens. Yeah. Like, it's funny. Like, he's yeah. funny in it. but Like, it wasn't bad. I, it just yeah. didn't keep my attention at all. And the last segment are probably like my two least favorites. Like neither of them are bad. They're both totally watchable. I don't like skip them or anything the way that I would 
the one about hair and body bags or <laughs> kick the can in twilight zone yeah like where i'm like oh you could just lift these out of the movie like yeah yeah because i also feel like it dragged on more than the last one i don't know if it was longer or not but I it definitely it, felt longer it's also just tough because it's that thing of like okay steve we're just gonna point a camera at you you go tell us what's yeah. happening which is always hard even for like really great actors so as funny as Stephen King is, it does just become like, oh, well, gosh, there's something on my hand now. Yeah. Oh, look at that. It's oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> there's only so much you can do with that, I think. There's a reason why it was a very small portion of Killer Clowns. Yes. <laughs> Not the whole movie. But I do have a fun fact. Apparently, all of the, oh, it's so itchy, it's so itchy, was real. Stephen King had an allergic reaction to the makeup, oh, oh God. <laughs> but was a real trooper and was like, I only have to wear it for like another hour and just finished shooting. Yeah. So nice. apparently he was very itchy, so, but it didn't end the same way. <laughs> he just took his off. <laughs> well, <laughs> one of the best jokes in the whole movie, though, is when he takes off his pants and he goes, oh, no, not there, too. <laughs> That makes the whole segment worth it. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Cause that was the one thing that like snapped me back to. Yeah, I was like, oh. and then the bleakest ending. Mm-hmm. But good. Like, yeah, that's one thing that I did kind of wish. I wish they're all like linked somehow. I'm fine with them being pretty standalone. That's mm. that that harkens back to the source material, mm. you know, of like, oh, these were like one off anthology comics. I guess that's what I was thinking. Like after the ending of that, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if like, like there's just a bunch of greenery in, in like the background yeah, of one of those cool. scenes? Or what I always wish with this is that maybe like some of the actors recurred in different parts throughout the mm. movie. Yeah. Would have been kind of cool. Like. Why couldn't Stephen King pop up as one of the professors in the crate, you know? Yeah. Or like he walks by in the background with a meteor as his other character. Right. Yeah. Like if you want to just like slightly hint. Yeah. 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 But again, it's not like a weakness. It just would be cool. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah. It, yeah. I feel like if this was made nowadays, that would definitely happen. Yeah. It would. Well, I mean, look at trick or treat. Yeah. You know, or uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. You can't make like straight up anthology horror right. films for we're in like the a mcu era anymore. now yeah everything's connected yeah the closest we have now i guess are like those vhs movies but those mm. are pretty low budget and really just made for people who like horror movies oh yeah that that was one that frank was offended that we weren't doing for anthology month i've never seen them yeah, apparently they're really good i've heard vhs 2 is yeah, really good yeah he talked about vhs 2 yeah, i've heard like vhs 1 is like oh that was neat Mm. but it's all like the guys who were like in radio silence who just made uh ready or not last year mm. a number of other like really talented directors all these guys who came from like the mumblecore scene of like the early 2000s of like indie movies that fell into horror films so yeah you that's kind of cool said a lot of words that i didn't understand <laughs> i'm gonna be honest with you well stay tuned for my mumblecore <laughs> podcast because <laughs> like you you dropped one word that i was like <laughs> okay i don't know that and then you kept going more and i was like i'm not keeping up with this at all you know like i'm trying to think like what would have been like beginning of high school for you probably mm -hmm. uh, like middle of college for me mm. i'm old <laughs> uh, like all the indie movies were all had like very much the same tone of like 
you know, like, oh, we don't have any money, but we all have digital cameras and we have like a script, but none of us can act. Mm. <laughs> and that was kind of like what indie movies were for a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of those dudes then have kind of like were like, oh, but I really like horror movies and genre films and I can get budgets for those yeah. and like real actors. Yeah. And then they kind of evolved into like pretty good horror movie makers. Guys like Ty West, like I said, Radio Silence, number of names that escape <laughs> me. Uh, the Duplass brothers were big in that. Mm-hmm. so yeah why is it called mumblecore because their whole thing was like oh well none of us can like act and the scripts are kind of improvised so, so. Kind of just mumbling oh everything. yeah you know man we were thinking about going out for like food or whatever do you want to come yeah hey hey this is the part where i know my lines <laughs> you know i mean that, that's like a common thing in uh, like indie movies always yeah so. okay yeah <laughs> well, i learned something too yeah mumblecore that's the point of this podcast and i guess when it, they started making horror movies they started calling it mumblecore yeah that's funny yeah yeah i appreciate a good pun it wins yeah. me over to their side <laughs> but yeah so uh but creep show then we jump into ted dancing and yeah Leslie again nielsen. another pre-fame actor he hadn't gotten on cheers yet and leslie nielsen one of my favorite actors I know he's in Airplane, but I've never seen him in anything. What? Oh, he's so funny. Yeah, I've I've always wanted to watch Airplane. I've seen like clips, but like, um, it's a sin for me because I actually love the Zucker Brothers and all their other movies, mm-hmm. specifically with him. Like, I grew up on them because my dad was such a fan. I've still never seen Airplane. Yeah, I mean, so like, I'm like saving it for like a rainy day when I'm yeah. like, ah, there's just nothing else. I'm finally gonna watch Airplane. <laughs> like. <laughs> But uh, I love Leslie Nielsen. I think people forget that he used to be like a very serious, like straightforward yeah, character actor. When this started, I was like, oh, it's a funny man from right. Airplane. He wasn't funny in no, this. No, he's terrifying. <laughs> he's great at it. Yeah. He's so creepy. Yeah. The whole time I was like, damn. Yeah. I thought I knew this guy. Well, and what he's so good at here and what he's good at in like his comedy is like deadpan mm. and playing it very straight. Mm. And I think that's what makes this work is, you know, the people have always pointed out the similarity between comedy and horror and yeah. how both work. The fact that he's not going like, I'm a villain. I'm going to murder you. Yeah. He's just like, oh, yeah. Hey, you know, I do run a cable company and uh, I can hook up this TV and I'm going to bury you in that hole and you're going to drown. Yeah. Is way creepier. Really. Yeah. Everything was normal to him. Yeah. Yeah. Like you kind of get the feeling he's done this before. Yeah. It was like, all like, ugh. you do this for work, don't you? How, how many wives have you had? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he, uh, he buries Ted Danson. Yeah. And his wife, who was cheating on him with Ted Danson yes. on the beach. Because as he says, it's not about whether or not I love her. It's about that she's mine, yeah. which is so creepy. Yeah. Like the, this whole movie is kind of about weak, abusive men and getting up there, come up. And I kind of like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially in this one, because it was like because there's like no redeeming qualities about like a lot of these people, too, in the movies. Yeah. So, or I guess that's just a common thing in horror, like the people who like, or is that a common thing in horror? Well, I mean, you kind of have people who are crafted so that you don't like them, so you can want to see them punished. Yeah, that's especially a thing in slasher movies. Because I've noticed that a lot, especially with Anthology Month. Like, yeah, 
it's all been like the terrible people that get the comeuppance. Well, yeah, they're morality plays. Yeah, they're Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah, because I guess they have such a small amount of time to like, yeah, get you to want them to die. So. It's one setup and one payoff. Yeah, so you gotta make your most of it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, then uh, we get that one amazing shot of Ted Danson's head underwater mm-hmm. with the transition of the water coming up. Mm-hmm. The I hope you can hold your breath a long time, and it goes like pink. I love it. Oh yeah, the the lighting oh, was so, so cool. good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then and then they come back as Swamp yes. Thing as well. Yeah, I love the look of them. The like bloated corpses. It's so cool. I, Tom Savini just killing it. Yeah, uh, I always Tom Savini. He's the best. Oh, <laughs> I guess that's one thing that made me want more like connectivity through all of these. Was like every single monster had the exact same effect on their voice yeah in each of them so it kind of made it feel more connected which i was like i want more more of that i feel you yeah yeah i just always worry with that like what if they connected too much yeah you know i mean it's like the same thing with the blair witch where i'm like i don't want them to show monster i just want little things in the background yeah Yeah. i just just want that little bit i just want (laughs) it man yes yeah so they get leslie nielsen yeah they bury him up Mm -hmm. for a high tide yeah i like how like everybody in this like goes crazier like by the end like they're all like laughing hysterically and like well that's how all those comic books end yeah you know i mean these are books where i mean probably like one of the most famous ones is a baseball team finds out that like their manager is responsible for like one of their star players dying and the comic book ends with them uh using his head as a ball leg as a bat and his entrails to line the bases (laughs) They're so over the top. Yeah. I love it. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. They're great. They're all like this where it's like, I can't tell if this is supposed to be taken seriously in the best way. <laughs> it's like yeah. high camp. Yeah. Because this one was very serious until they showed up as swamp monsters. Yeah. And then they, like Ted Danson practically like turns and winks at the camera like, hey, we're going to take you out to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Right, everybody? <laughs> creep show was filmed in front of a live studio audience <laughs> he just like oh yeah yeah and then we get to uh i believe what you said was your favorite yeah, segment the crate. the crate yeah they get a, those loot crates man yeah you can't it's trust hit or miss. <laughs> you, never, you might get a cool shirt you might get a funko keychain i mean yeah uh, we're talking about different loot crates here <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I about video games. Just... No, I know. I just always think of the company yeah. Ukraine. <laughs> Are they still around? I think so. They're I feel fairly like fairly popular. I feel like they were, and now they're not. I feel like there are just so many box services now. Yeah, that it's you just don't hear about them because for a while they were like, no, this is the only one yeah. for this. The same way there used to be like. I'm trying to. Th- there was the one that was specifically for clothes, but now there are like five different box subscriptions that are for men's clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything <laughs> so, is a subscription now. Yeah. So welcome to Subscription Cast. <laughs> what else are you subscribing to, Zach? This podcast <laughs> on iTunes, Spotify, <laughs> Stitcher, Google, and YouTube. Yes. <laughs> Rate and subscribe. Uh, five stars or more uh, <laughs> are you familiar with uh like loot boxes and video games no yeah i know what they are yeah uh, do you know like the whole debacle of them well because you have to like pay to get the good ones right no they give you the crate for free 
but you have to spend usually $2.50 to get a key to open it, and it's random what you get. So it's a never-ending cycle of spending a lot of money to try to get something good. Damn. Yeah, it's... It's terrible because well, you can in some games get ones like for free, but it takes like, oh, I had to play every day for three weeks to get it. Yeah. Right? Like Overwatch, you get one every day yeah. or like one every level up pretty much. Yeah. But then you still have to. And if you want to get anything don't. good, though, you have to pay. Right. Yeah. Because like CSGO is a whole thing. Like you get skins for your weapons and you have to spend 250 and they vary in like rarity and they're worth real world money to people Mm. like people will buy them for like ten thousand dollars so it's like yeah that's that's where the the governments have started to be like is this "This gambling gambling (laughs) yeah yeah because yeah children can do it so the same way like chuck e cheese has had to completely change the way it lets kids play Mm -hmm. games because they were we're gonna start taxing you as a casino yeah (laughs) that's all of a sudden now everything costs one token Uh, (laughs) that's a wild world that uh you know what else is wild Mm -hmm. fluffy in that crate yep and that's why you don't spend two dollars and fifty cents to open a crate that you find yeah just leave it there it has a name it's fluffy its name on set was fluffy (laughs) it was fluffy he's very cute uh, he's not. But <laughs> he's, I want him. Is he supposed to be a Sasquatch? Or? Unclear, but did you notice uh, where that crate was from? Uh-uh. It was from an Arctic expedition held by one Dr. Carpenter. Ah. <laughs> Horror bros. That's why this is my favorite yeah. scene. <laughs> That's amazing. I love, that's my favorite thing yeah. about this movie now. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, no, this segment is great. I love how good at being mean Adrian Barbeau is. Even if it's it's a little bit like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where I'm like, wait, he killed her? <laughs> and she's kind of a dick, but jeez. <laughs> yeah, because like, it just like, it kept going like, upwards in like levels it was yeah. like oh it's like a cocktail party oh they found this crate something that good is gonna come with it oh the, it's like a monster eating people now oh now he's worried about yeah. be, uh, like people thinking it he did it escalates oh and then his friend is like covering up the murders oh he's gonna kill his wife <laughs> like yeah <laughs> just kept going also when are we mixing uh jim beam with milk apparently that's a thing never yeah <laughs> that looks terrible that... but i love that she has the glass with her the whole time yeah like even when she gets to the school she's like sip so where is it <laughs> she's also driving yes don't do that no please also don't. we forgot to mention in the first one she's drinking a bottle of jim there's, beam yeah yeah there's a lot of jim beam in this movie in Clearly. horror 1982 it's a good year for jimmy <laughs> is it because of the time that these movies were made in that's I, why i think jim beam is just thought of as like a fairly like oh you're you're hard if you drink jim beam you know so i don't know because that's like i'm just wondering now like why specifically horror movies i don't know but i love it yeah like i brand sponsor i love it yeah <laughs> as he gestures to a cabinet full of jim beam <laughs> mm-hmm. those, those are empty bottles that i've collected uh-huh <laughs> oh wait that's worse <laughs> oh, yeah because i've drank them over time yes. since we started this podcast <laughs> 
drink responsibly, people. Everybody, please, yes. yes. But uh, no, I love the design of the monster in this segment. It's probably my favorite cre- of like the creature designs mm-hmm. is of uh, Fluffy himself or herself, unclear. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm equal opportunity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. It was found uh, by Dr. Carpenter. Yeah. That's great. See, uh, he had a chance to show up. Yeah. He was married to the actress who was in it. What if, he was, it'll be. <laughs> what if he was fluffy? He could have been. We don't know. Yeah. He knew all those guys. <laughs> yeah, I just like this one. This one was the one that captivated my attention the most, too. Yeah. And now we come to a story that's a metaphor, and it wants you to know it. <laughs> called They're Creeping Up on You. <laughs> About a man and his roaches. Mm-hmm. Not, not a man, a super villain. Right. L- fucking Lex Luthor. <laughs> Literal villain. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Which I love that, like, they played into that because it was, like, super campy. Yeah. They didn't, like, have him, like, when the woman calls, he didn't, like, pretend to care. Yeah. Even. He was just on the phone, like, yeah. your husband's dead. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I made him kill himself. Success. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line was, uh, who is this? Oh, I hope you die. Or lot, I'm going to be happy of, when you die. Yeah, so are a do. lot of people. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I so love good. it. I love the way he like soundtracks his segment himself. Yeah, with his record player. <sighs> it's so good. It's very. I mentioned it earlier, but yeah. it's very Fallout. Like just everything about it. Yeah, it's like cool. too. Also, the single most extensive part of this movie was this segment. What part about it was? cockroaches it turns out cost 50 cents a piece oh. those were a lot of cockroaches yes, and then they had to have a cockroach like wrangler on set <laughs> you know to like oh, can you make it like lay over like roll over like <laughs> imagine a guy with like a tiny little lasso yeah. and just ah, get back here <laughs> yep that's what i like to picture <laughs> each one takes him on walks <laughs> well, we should... don't mind me i'm walking three thousand cockroaches <laughs> yes yeah also this was the segment that apparently jumped out to you the most at uh halloween horror nights was there other segments from this movie it was the... a whole creep show maze oh i know from this movie specifically yeah. which one like the first four all of them were in it yeah, unfortunately, it did look like um we walked past one hallway and it must have been between people when we walked past it because I was the only one that noticed just sitting on a counter was the, the head cake. Oh. So clearly, like, they were swapping out the person dressed as the dad. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you, you worked your 20 minutes and you're in a heavy costume, so you have to go, like, yeah. take a break. So we clearly walked by at the 30 seconds where there wasn't someone there. But I didn't want to be like, Zach, look, there's a head with no context. (laughs) You'll know one day. Three months from now. (laughs) Or more than three months. Like five. Yeah, five months. (laughs) We went to Halloween Horror Nights last October. Yes. We mentioned in Killer Clowns. Yes. In that episode. Uh, the Creep Show Maze was awesome. Yeah. The so. only thing I remember was the cockroach body. It is one of the most striking images in this movie and definitely in the maze it really played because yeah. they could just light it bright white in a dark tunnel. Yeah. Because it's the only thing I remembered from that yeah. maze. I like the rest of it. It's just. I love in the movie how like 
the dummy starts to like bulge and swell and bleed before they all burst out. Yeah. It's so creepy. It's so good. Tom yeah. Zavini's the best. Tom Zavini. Yeah. No, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Cuts to me and you being garbage men and finding comic yeah. books. <laughs> one of them is Tom Savini. Yeah. The funny one. <laughs> <laughs> one of them wearing a flat cap. Yep. Mustache. Yep. The other one wearing a beanie with curly hair. Yeah. AKA me and Matt. Yeah. We're in this movie talking about comic books and movies. Yeah. Just... And then Joe Hill kills Dad. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I love the like slow reveal where they're just like, oh, somebody already sent away for the voodoo doll. <laughs> Cut to murder. <laughs> yep. And that was creep show. Yeah. Da, da, da. Yes. I really love this movie. As like a big comic book fan, yeah, it like just it plays like gangbusters for me. Yeah, the, like, like the second I saw comic book stuff, I was like, Matt really likes this yeah. movie. I remember the first time I saw it, and I was like, Oh, this is pretty good. And then they did the first like, <gasps> like mm-hmm. and light up panel behind somebody, and I was like, This movie is perfect. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but uh, there is a creep show too. It's totally fine. Neither Stephen King nor George Romero come back, but they do actually adapt a couple Stephen King stories. You said it was a show, too? Uh, yeah, just recently, uh, this past year, um, Shudder, the AMC's horror streaming service, which I just got. It's excellent. Everybody should check it out. Uh, launched a, uh, a creep show TV show. So it wasn't a TV show before? That's a new thing? The TV show is new. Oh. Yeah. It, so. It's perfect for it. I mean, mm-hmm. Tales from the Crypt did it for years. So. Yeah. I mean, that that's why I'm confused, because... As I mentioned, those two things I thought were like right, I keep thinking right. are the same thing. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt, Body Bag, <laughs> Creep Show, like they're all well, like no. kind of the same format. Body like, Bags has John Carpenter, right. so it's doing a Crypt Keeper impression, who is an impression of the Creeper, who was an impression of the comic book Crypt Keeper, but also dazzling a little bit of Beetlejuice in there. Exactly. <laughs> then bam. Should we be worried? That was a Crypt Keeper. (laughs) (laughs) Are we okay? (laughs) So the Crypt Keeper lives in my attic. I forgot to mention that. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, what the fuck was that? (laughs) Possums or something. Oh, Oh, yeah, we're right up against your backyard. I can't wait forget yeah but <laughs> i hear that every night <laughs> but that was a hefty boy one. that was a thick boy up there <laughs> so that was a met possum <laughs> <laughs> damn boy he thick leave all of this in <laughs> i don't know if you know what i'm about to reference but i'm gonna reference it anyway oh colonel <laughs> I'm trying to sneak around, but I'm dummy thick and the clap of my ass cheeks keeps alerting the guards. Yeah, I'm aware of Solid Snake. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, so I've got a dummy thick possum in my attic right now. At least I hope it was a possum. Something like it could have been a person. Yeah. I thought someone was just moving something on like the other side of the wall. There's like not there's I know. Nothing. I always I always think this backs up to Diana. Yeah. So <laughs> anyways. Uh yes, yeah, so creep show. Uh we're living it. Yeah. There's not a ton of behind the scenes for creep show. I did though just watch 
again on Shudder, the delightful documentary about the life and times of Tom Savini and how much this movie meant to him because he was really close with George Romero. They were both from Pittsburgh, yeah. born and raised. They filmed this movie there. They filmed most of Romero's movies there. And he worked on special effects for most of Romero's movies. Yeah, because I follow him on Instagram and he's always posting about George Romero. Yeah, they were bros. George Romero discovered Tom Savini. He had actually reached out to him going to different high school plays and been like, oh, do you want to be in a movie I'm trying to get together? And he was like, oh, like maybe. And then he found out he didn't make up. And he was like, well, I'm also prepping this horror movie, Night of the Living Dead. Do you want to come do makeup for it? It would be really fun, even though you're so much younger than us. We think you're really good. And then uh, he couldn't because he got drafted in Vietnam. (laughs) So uh, then he comes back, starts making a name for himself. And George Romero is like, hey, man, I remember you. We wanted you to work on our movie. You were really cool. And Tom Savini goes, yeah, I hear you're prepping a new one. Apparently lifted up a long sleeve on his shirt and cut his wrist open. And he was like, special effects. You should really hire (laughs) me for your movie. I've gotten way better. And from then on, they were like, inseparable collaborators to the point that like george romero would start writing scripts and he would call up tom savini and be like all right what kill do you got for me for a zombie today and i'll write a scene around it like what would look cool okay zombie gets his head cut off by a helicopter you think you can do that i'll put in my script that's the most gangster shit i've ever heard in my life i love their friendship i love the two of them and apparently this movie was huge for savini because he was known as like the guy he still is called like the godfather of gore Mm. like people thought that was all he was really interested in was like friday the 13th gory slasher movies he'd done that he'd done the prowler you know he'd done all the zombie movies so this was like this great breakthrough for him because it's a creature feature and he got to design monsters and things are gory but they're not like so you know it's not about the gore it's about the the cool skeleton people it's about you know swamp thing yeah and it really kind of broke him out and made him like one of the biggest uh effects guys ever and he and george romero stayed friends until george romero passed away a few years ago which was a real bummer but also i learned from this documentary tom savini is still super ripped oh yeah don't fuck with tom savini (laughs) i follow him on instagram i know (laughs) like i knew he was still in shape but then they showed one shot of him where he was like this is my workout room and it cut to him working out (laughs) he's huge (laughs) i was like i thought he was just like in shape he's like buff Mm -hmm. dummy thing he is a special effect <laughs> hey girl you're a special <laughs> yeah but yeah tom savini is like one of my favorite people he just seems like a delightful dude so i'm glad this movie like worked out for him it really worked yeah. out for romero it it honestly almost broke the two of them out of like their cult status That's cool. came like this close yeah. you know but also the two of them seemed pretty happy to kind of get to make the things they wanted to make as artists yeah. and i think especially for romero that was always a tough thing to learn that people would just make him compromise and he didn't want to in the same way that like you know for every mainstream failure like the thing that carpenter would make where he was like i felt like i compromised to some degree on these movies that were trying to be big hits then he would go like fine give me like two thousand dollars and i'll go make they live and it'll be exactly the movie i want romero was the same way yeah which is really cool. I, yeah. I like really respect that. Yeah. Like, At the end of the day, they got to make what they want. Yeah. yeah. And you get to wind up with uh, love letters to something you grew up loving as a kid like this. Yeah. Or for Carpenter the Thing, you know? Yeah. And then and it'll speak to everything that everybody else that grew up with the same thing. Like, it'll speak to them, too. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, I mean, 
all of the visual stuff that I love in this movie gets cut if it's a bigger studio film. Yeah, definitely. So I really appreciate the who's like, well, then don't cut it. Cut our budget. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Horror bros. Yeah. It's great. We need a comeback of the horror bros. <laughs> we are the comeback of the horror bros. Hell yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, this movie was right, cool. But that's Creep Show. That's Creep Show. All right, and so ends Anthology Month. So now that Anthology Month is over, Zach, uh, what are we watching next week? I don't want. I don't, oh, come on. You know what it is. I don't want to talk about it. What's our, our next theme? Come on. What's our next theme in our next episode, Zach? Doing sequels. Yeah. There's some really good ones, but instead we're watching. I don't even remember what it was called. Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Yep. My favorite. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Future Zach here. So this episode was recorded in the beginning of March 2020 and was our last episode for months. Because mentioning the Blair Witch Project... Possibly watching another one causes a pandemic. So we're not going to do that ever, 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 ever. All right. Got to get back. Back to the past. Samurai Zach. So on that note, hey, Matt. <laughs> Am I supposed to say something? You're supposed to go what? <laughs> and I, I and did then... that before and you looked at me weird still. Because <laughs> there's a delay. Okay. So I'm going to go, hey, Matt. Okay. Go, what? And then the quote starts. Gotcha. Okay. That's introing the quote. <laughs> Dude, I've been up since five and I fell asleep at like 2.30. So. <laughs> All right. Hey. hey, Matt. What? Oh, wait. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Why did it take you guys three hours? Well, <laughs> no, it's gonna take me a while to get to editing this. Why is this one three hours? Oh yeah. <laughs> so on that note, hey Matt, what? It's a comic book. God damn it! <laughs> I have it right here, Matt. Thank you. I used to be an actor. <laughs> so it's just one again. Okay. <laughs> I was like, how many what's are there? <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> Hey. So on that note, hey Matt, what? It's a comic book. What? It's a comic book. It's a comic book. Kids love these things. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Bye. Bye.